This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. The boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigobon. Joining me as usual, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you? Good, Wally. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much. It's Ryder Cup Sunday. I'm excited. United States seems to have taken a commanding lead. Uh, haven't seen the U.S. in this position against the Euros in a long, long time. Probably since the since the days of Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer and some of the other greats. Uh, the Ryder Cup's down in Wisconsin this week, whistling straights. And who better to talk about that than with our uh, esteemed golf writer, John Steinbretter. John Steinbretter is a senior writer at Global Golf Post. And he'll be joining us uh, shortly after the first break. It's Ryder Cup Sunday. Naz, I'm excited. Later on in the hour, uh, we're going to catch up with uh, one of the strong supporters, uh, sponsors of our show, John Amendola. He's, uh, uh, we're going to catch up what's going on in the crazy sports card market. Uh, he's told me, I've been in touch with him all summer long, things are still going crazy. But also, John is a passionate NFL football fan. Uh, lives and breathes uh, NFL uh, pools, uh, checks his cards every Sunday to see how his teams are doing. And uh, who better to talk about uh, NFL football than John Amendola? We'll be chatting with him later on in the hour. Naz, last Sunday uh, we were we were uh, on a high. The Blue Jays were on a roll. Can't say it's been a great week for the Jays, Naz, although we got a good result last night. That still keeps us in the race, but uh, Jays uh, only seven games left, Naz, and two uh, two down in the wild card to the Sox and the Yankees. Uh, well, what do the Jays got to do? What happened this week, Naz? And uh, tell us uh, tell us what the Jays got to do this week. And they weren't hitting. Their hitting went sour in the last two or three games before last night's win. But um, they, they're going to have six games left. If they win today, they'll be definitely one game out because either New York or Boston are going to lose. So they'll gain a game and then going into the big series with the Yankees. Oh, my God. It's going to yeah, there's certainly uh, six games left. Three of those are against the Yankees. Um, and you're correctly correct to point that out, Naz. Right now, the Yankees and the Sox are equivalent records, uh, two games ahead of the Jays. So one of them has to lose today. And hopefully the Jays can pull out a victory against the Twins, and then we'll only be one game back. Um, Mathematics-wise, it's probably, if you're a Jays uh, supporter, you probably hope, (laughs) it's hard to say this one, uh, I guess you want uh, the Sox to win today uh, so that the Jays are one back of the Yankees, and then we got a three-game set against the Yankees. Yeah, the Sox have the uh, Nationals and Baltimore in their last two sets of games, and uh, the Yankees have Tampa Bay and Toronto. So that 
the advantage is in Boston's favor, and then Toronto and New York will battle for the second spot. Yeah, it seems that way. And then, of course, the Jays, uh, the Jays get the the Orioles in the last three games of uh, of the of the of, of the season. It's all happening this week. All everything's going on this week. Um, so we're certainly excited. Um, thought that the Jays. Who'd have thought the Yankees would be here right now? Well, you know, baseball's a game of momentum, I guess. Uh, uh, Jays, as you say, Naz, Bats, but they got a great performance from their Cy Young Award candidate, Robbie Ray, last night. Uh, he looked good. Uh, and, of course, their second baseman, Marcus Simeon. Uh, big home run. I think he's got 43 now, Naz. Correct me if I'm correct, wrong. And correct. I also believe that that he's either tied or... That makes him the uh, that's the most home runs ever hit by a second baseman in a season. Um, Got to check. I think I don't know if he tied it last night or he he broke that record. But I think he tied it. But yeah, yeah. But he's got a whole week to to smash the record for the most home runs ever in a in a season by a second baseman. That that is a pretty remarkable accomplishment. Of course, when you look around the team. Um, there's a remarkable accomplishments in a lot of places on this team. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., arguably the best offensive season in Blue Jays history, um, bringing it from all sides, batting average, RBIs, home runs. Um, actually made a great catch. Uh, I think it was the seventh or eighth inning last night. Um, Ray got himself in a bit of a pickle, and uh, uh, Guerrero made a great catch for an out. Uh, so his defensive skills have improved. But Art, that's arguably uh, the greatest season in, in Blue Jay history. You can you can you can make that argument. You've got Hernandez who's doing amazing things. Unfortunately, I, I believe Lords Guriel Jr. Um, I was having a fantastic September, a little bit of injury trolls, but we got George Springer back in the lineup. Of course, he dinged one last night just at the right time, uh, made a great catch in uh, in center field. Jay's got a lot of weapons, Naz. Um, the big key to Wally, the big key Wally is going to be Guerrero this week because he hasn't been hitting that well in the past week. And if he gets hot with all the rest of the guys, they're going to get into the playoffs. He's the key this week for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, if somehow, if somehow the Jays can scratch themselves into the playoffs, uh, the cliche is, and I, I think it it applies to this team as much as any other team in any other sport. This is the team nobody wants to play. Um, um, so you know, we got our fingers crossed. We hope the Jays have a fantastic week. The key will be their series against the Yankees. At a minimum, they've got to take two out of three. Hopefully, they're going into that series only one game behind. They have to win that series. I think that's a given. It would be extremely difficult um, if they don't come out with at least two out of three against the Yankees going into the weekend series. Um, so... Fingers crossed. Uh, love to see the Jays get through. And, uh, you know, Jays get on a little bit of a roll, a little bit of a roll. You get into the playoffs. This, this team's capable of anything. Uh, there, there's certainly there's, there's enough talent there. Uh, there's enough talent there to make a really, really deep run in the playoffs. And, I, I'm, I'm, you know, World Series, yeah, why not? 
But we got to get past this week. We got to figure out a way to scratch back those two games, Ness. Yeah, amazing that they won like twenty three or twenty four games and lost six, and they're still fighting for a playoff spot. Everybody else keeps winning too, so it's uh, been difficult. But I think I think they got a shot to get through. Well, and, they uh, have. We'll you know what? If proverb the proverbial uh, line is they they got the fate in their own hands. You know, the team they're trying to catch is the Yankees, uh, and they got three against them. So it's all up to them. Um, they can do it, and you know they get good result against the Yankees. You get on a high. You go into the last three games against the Orioles. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Naz. Um, if the Jays end up in a tie um, for the second wild card spot with either the Yankees or the Sox, then we, there's also the possibility of a play-in game, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Yeah, that's what would happen if the second and third spots are tied. Then they play a playoff uh, playoff game to get to the next round, next game. Yeah, you know they say baseball is not an exciting sport. Um, you know, and it's 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 the national pastime. It's the sport you go out in on a on a lazy hot summer evening, and you go down to the park, and you know just you have a good time, and uh, you know you spend three four hours down there. And some some you know some people say, well, it's it's sort of a at that point, it's it's got a certain pace and rhythm to it. But to come this time of year, it certainly gets exciting. You know, you get in, you get into the eighth inning or the ninth inning, and the, you know, one or two, one or two runs down. Got a couple of guys on base. Uh, guys are stealing. You know, there's wild throws and you know these crazy home runs. And uh, certainly at this time of year, uh, baseball can get really, really exciting. Uh, Naz. Have you ever seen an injury like a guy stepping on his teammate's hand? No. That was really weird, really weird. Yeah, I mean, uh, everything, you know, this time of year, everything happens. So we certainly uh, we certainly uh, hope the Jays, uh, we've got to get those bats on fire. We've got to get the pitching staff uh, to, to, to hold the fort. They certainly can do it. There's no question. And... Uh, Man, I would love to see this team make the playoffs and, and you know get into a uh, get into a series. Um, they uh, you get you get those pats on fire. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to be a, a manager uh, on the other side trying to trying to manage against this Jays hitting lineup during the uh, during the postseason. Uh, well, they, what did you think of the uh, announcement about Tampa Bay sharing is? This season, well, the next Expos. season with Montreal, yeah, Montreal's yeah, coming back. You know, it's interesting you brought that up, Nez. It just it came across my screen this morning, uh, getting ready for the show, and uh, sort of caught me a little bit off surprise. I, I'm not aware of the full details. I saw, uh, I don't know how official this is, whether it's a rumor, but I've heard that uh, Tampa and is going to be bringing a substantial, if not half of their games, back to back to Montreal. Is that what you're hearing, Nez? That's correct. They're going to play up to June in Tampa, and then the rest of the season in Montreal. So that should be interesting. They're going to share the playoffs. That's that. Uh, you know, I know that the, there's some certainly some passionate, passionate baseball fans. There's so much history in baseball in Montreal. The Expos, for the longest time, Naz, uh, you know, they were they were the team in Canada up until until the Blue Jays came along, and and there's still a passionate, passionate fan base of of old expos. Uh, so we're, we're thrilled to, to see that. But I mean, I guess the question is, uh, 
you know, if they're share, if, if this is Tampa sharing the team with Montreal, I, I have to presume when they play in Montreal, they're not going to be the Montreal Expos. They're going to be the Montreal. They're going to be Tampa Rays. I can't see them having two uniforms. Although that that would be pretty amazing. I, that would be a first in professional sports where maybe they, actually, maybe they maybe they put both of them on the same jersey. Well, I, I I would think there would be an Expo patch on the jersey somewhere. No question. Um, no, hopefully they can incorporate uh, the the red uh, the red the the color scheme of of the Expos. I mean, every 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 team in professional sports nowadays has got a third, a fourth, and a fifth jersey. So you know, if the Expo, if the Tampa Rays slash Expos are playing in Montreal, then yeah, absolutely, they're going to have some form of a jersey that honors the Montreal Expos in, in some format, they'd be crazy not to. Just think of all the new sweaters they'd, they'd be able to sell. It's a marketing... Uh, no, I don't know what that does for the fans down in Tampa. It probably doesn't make them very happy, but my understanding is they've not... There's, you know, there's obviously business reasons for, for this to happen. Uh, the Tampa owner obviously sees a business opportunity in Montreal to exploit. And probably they're not, they're not, uh, the fan uh, turnout down in Tampa probably isn't. I mean, I'm not familiar what the numbers are, but, uh, you know, if they're considering this, uh, somebody, somebody put some numbers together and, uh, said, you know what, it makes sense to do some games in Montreal because there's uh, a business opportunity to exploit there. So as a Canadian baseball fan, if that comes to pass, I'd, I'd absolutely be thrilled. Um, you know, you have interleague play now. So, you know, having, having the Jays and the uh, Tampa slash Expos play in, in an interleague, uh, actually, they wouldn't even be interleague. It's not the old, it's not Montreal in the National League. That's Tampa in the American League. So we, we'd get, we'd get a lot of that. There'd be a lot of, uh, uh, and hopefully all the Toronto Tampa slash Montreal games would be, the home games would be in Montreal. That would be, that would be great, as. Well, they think that you got to take a different perspective than this. In 2027, Tampa Bay Stadium lease is over, and they've asked for a ballpark, and they're telling them they're not going to book, build one for them, right? Yeah, I, so, and, and, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, Ness. So I think Montreal is there for the for the going. I think they're going to end up taking over that team in 2027. Fully. Yeah, I, I I just hope. I just you know it, it's 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 it's. Um, uh, good that you brought that up because that brings another issue into play. I just hope that the Tampa owner isn't using the Montreal fans as leverage, and that happens in professional sports all the time. How many times? How many times do you find professional sports teams that are looking for a stadium, especially in the U.S. They want the you know they want the local the local city to pay for it. Uh, or, you know, in, in a lot of situations, and they use that as leverage. You know, you don't build me a stadium, I'm moving the team. I, I, I hope, I hope that's not what's happening here. Um, I hope Montreal and Canadian baseball fans aren't being leveraged just to get, a, just for Tampa to get a stadium deal. Um, that would be truly a disconcerting move, but it happens in professional sports all the time, Naz. Um, so hopefully that's not what's what's happening here. Anyways, on that note, Naz, we've got to go to break. We'll be right back with John Steinbrenner, and we'll be talking about the Ryder Cup down at Whistling Straits in Wisconsin. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when we received questions on the new barbecue turkey bacon pizza. What kind of bacon is on it? Well, turkey bacon. 
It has a barbecue sauce base, red onions, pineapple, hot banana peppers, mozzarella cheese and chilli flakes. Do I need to barbecue it? No, it comes fully cooked. What if I don't have a barbecue? Oh boy. Call Pizzaville at pound 3636 on your cell phone. You won't remember that Real Space Media was once Real Tours Media. What you'll never forget is how they helped you, the real estate agent, sell homes. Or you, the business owner, show off your four walls. Real Space Media has made a name for itself, creating virtual tours and walkthrough floor plans using 3D technology that's light years ahead. In the age of COVID, what better way to see a space safely than through the digital lens of, what were they called again? Realspacemedia.ca. Got a space to showcase? Check out Real Space. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. Here's to every boy who thought his Bobby Orr rookie card sounded great in the spokes of his bicycle. He's only served to make yours in mint condition more valuable. And now it's payday. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise wants to buy your vintage collection of hockey, baseball, basketball, football, and soccer heroes. Now's the time to cash in while the hobby reaches new heights. If you got them, we need them. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise. Visit our store online at mintink.ca. The only thing I love more than sports is sports radio. Take it away, boys. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live on AM740 in Toronto, also on 96.7 FM and live streaming on the internet, www.zoomerradio.ca. It's always a pleasure to welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour a good friend of ours, a senior writer for Global Golf Post and one of the most acclaimed golf writers on the planet. Of course, I'm talking to our good friend, John Steinbrenner. John, how are you this morning? Fantastic. How are you guys doing? We're doing great, John. Uh, you and I had a chat a little while ago, and uh, we were off the air for the summer, and uh, we missed the British. We missed the Open Championship with you, uh, and we promised uh, we were looking thrilled to get you back on a major on a major day in golf. And t- today it is. It's one of the great days on the golf calendar. It's Ryder Cup Sunday. Although some of the drama seems to have been let out of this balloon, John. Uh, the United States have just so far overwhelmed. Other than John Ram, the Europe, the world number one, the U.S. has overwhelmed the Euros in a way they haven't done in a long, long time. John, what's going on down in uh, down in Whistling Straits in Wisconsin? Well, uh, <laughs> the Europeans right now are getting smoked a little bit again, as we know from. Medina, as we know from Brookline back in 99, uh, funny things can happen on a Sunday. And, um, you know, match play is, is match play. There's, there's lots of surprises it can bring. But that's a pretty insurmountable lead uh, the Yanks have right now. And it's going to be pretty hard for, uh, for the Euros to come back. And uh, it's still been a lot of fun. I mean, the, um, the setting has is, is just been spectacular. Uh, 
you know, Pete Dive, of course, designed the straights course, and he designed it both for match and metal play. And it really is a wonderful metal play course, especially with the way the wind was blowing uh, over the last couple of days at, at different times. And, and the temps are, uh, you know, kind of chilly in the mornings. And it, it really is lending itself perfectly to that. There have been some very uh, uh, fun shots to see. It's a beautiful uh, golf course. The play is fun. And I'm just, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm excited for, as an American, how the Americans are playing. I kind of uh, oftentimes root for the Europeans in some ways just because of their camaraderie and the way they seem to play together. But what I've really noticed, and I'm not the, obviously the first person to say this, there's a real changing of the guard going on in the Europeans right now. They've, they've got, you know, and I think the Ram Garcia pairing is a great example of that where you've got a guy very much at the top of his game and, John Rahm and Sergio, like Poulter, you know, like um, uh, Lee Westwood, are just a little bit past their, uh, you know, uh, uh, past their expiration date, perhaps, as it comes to this sort of play. And, you know, guys like Rahm, and I think, you know, Tyrell Hatton has been a fun guy to watch, and I love Victor uh, Hovland. I think he's a hell of a player. And, and, you know, I think that's kind of one of the things the Americans got into this some years ago where you had this changing of the guard from the young uh, to the old, and I think the Europeans may be in the midst of that, and that's what's, you know, helping, among other things, the Americans out right now. Uh, just, uh, uh, Naz, I'll just turn it over to you, but just to bring our listeners up to date in terms of where we're at in the Ryder Cup, they, uh, they tee off. It's the singles matches today. There's 12 of them. They tee off, I believe, at 12.04 Eastern time. They'll start off with McElroy and Shifley. The U.S. is ahead 11-5. to 5. It's an unusual position for them to be in at going into the last day. The U.S. needs three and a half points to win the Cup. The Euros just need uh, to get 14 points, so they'll need, uh, by doing my math here, they need nine more points, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so that's where we're at. Naz, I'll let you uh, let you uh, 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 question for John. John, has the talent ever been better in the United States than now? I'm sorry, Naz, the first part of your question, I had a hard time hearing. Say that again, please. Has the talent ever been better in the States than it is now? Well, I was... What was I, I guess, listening yesterday, and I think somebody said the average, if you took the uh, rankings of the U.S. players, it would be nine in the world, averaging them. And if you took the average for the uh, European players, it'd be like 32. So, you know, that's a pretty, that's a pretty strong team. And, and think of what Stringer, who he didn't pick, Webb Simpson, Kevin Na, uh, Patrick Reed. So it wasn't like... You know, he didn't have this, this pretty broad selection of really, really talented players to choose from. Uh, so, yeah, I would argue this is the strongest American team as you've ever seen, right? I mean, this is, you know, these guys are, are, are really playing well, and, and Stricker very smartly went after people who could hit the ball long, who could hit it uh, straight, and maybe why not. And, and, and Webb weren't on the team, even though, uh, you know, Nas a hell of a putter. Webb's just a great guy and a great all-around player. And, and I think Stricker um, recognized in the sight they had, um, also, you know, was really good and judicious and smart about who he selected for his team. And, and that's been a big factor in all of this as well. He got the right guys, and they also happen to be the strongest team as, as the Americans have had in a very long time. Uh, we're talking to John Steinbrenner. John, the uh, perhaps uh, the biggest disappointment on the Euro team 
Um, they certainly expected him to uh, to anchor the team in a lot of different ways. And uh, I'm talking about Rory McIlroy. What's happened to his game? It, it didn't show up this week, and he's had some struggles <laughs> lately. But he, he and uh, uh, Poulter were supposed to anchor this team. Poulter's uh, doing his usual you know, dropping putts at important times. So McElroy seems to be all over the place. What's going on, John? You know, this is not the first time you've asked me this question. For the <laughs> first time I've brought it up, one or the other, in the last, like, five or six times you and I have chatted in a major championship or a Ryder Cup. And I just find Rory McElroy to be one of the nicest guys, one of the most talented players, uh, a really compelling individual who is just time and time again disappoints from a performance standpoint, right? I mean, this is going back three or four Masters at least. We've had this conversation and 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 other major championships, and I don't know what's going on with them, but I, I was shocked yesterday when I was watching and kind of in the background as I'm working, and boy, how much do we all love turning on the TV at 8 in the morning and having golf on it. Mean, that is just the best. But uh, I think they made a point that in the first two days, he had had one birdie. I mean, are you kidding me? This is a guy who's, you know, shot 60 at, at, at Quail Hollow and, and can go low as easily and as effortlessly as anybody on the on the planet in golf. One birdie. I, I, that's just absolutely staggering, man. And here he's playing, of course. It's just got to be the best case of uh, home cooking he's ever going to get in the States as far as, you know, wind and link style golf. Uh, so I don't even know what to say. I, I have no idea what's going on with him, but this is not a – one-off situation. This is a guy who just consistently, it seems, will will perform and perform well as he did, you know, back in, in 2020. But you know, and, and and yet he just he keeps missing at the really big moments, doesn't he? Yeah, he certainly does, John. We're talking to John Steinbrenner, John. Before I, I, I forgive me, Naz, I just want to get this one in, and I'll turn it back to you. Um, the, the other story, when, when obviously when you get into a major championship, uh, the players are the story, and the course is the story as well. It always is. Uh, and you wrote a great piece this week in Global Golf Post about whistling straights, and and its history. It's uh, developed by a gentleman. Uh, named Kohler, his first name escapes me, but he's the he's the guy that Her. makes the toilet. Uh, in in down in down in Wisconsin, a beautiful site on Lake Michigan. I understand it was an artillery field or something before that. A lot of holes against the uh, along the water, and and uh, the mandate was from Mister Kohler to uh, Pete Dye, make it look like Ireland. And uh, you wrote about that this week, uh, whistling straights. The strengths of the course, why it's a great course, John, and does this course favor the Americans? Is it truly a home course? You know, it's not a home course necessarily. In fact, this may be in the States, um, unless you're going to go out to Bandon Dunes, which um, that's really not their valley work. They're more amateur golf and not uh, tour professionals. But you're not going to find a course that is well-suited for the Europeans uh, than whistling straights, but it's also very well suited for the Americans because you really do need from those back tees there to hit the ball a long way. I, I think the straights course is one of my favorite courses of all time. I mean, Pete put eight holes. They're not only on the water, they're hanging on cliffs on the water. Um, you know, the wind can blow. Uh, the scenery is just awe-inspiring, and, and you can see the lake 
Lake Michigan, as, as you all well know, I mean, a lot of people, especially here in the East Coast where I'm from, you think of a lake and we all think of some you know, little body of water. I mean, Lake Michigan in its widest point is 60 miles across. So that is a ocean-like body of water. So it is, the visuals are stunning. Uh, the holes are just brilliantly designed. And if you play the right tees, and I, I forget whether it's, five or six sets of tees, but they got plenty of tees. So if you're smart and you play the right tees, the recreational golfer can just have the time of his or her life there. And for the tour professionals, and uh, they can really, you know, they can really be tested. And, and Pete put in about uh, 900 plus bunkers. Um, he's got uh, short par fours, like you saw number six yesterday, which is, I uh, wrote about in that piece. Um, Wally, you know, Kerry uh, Haig of the PGA was going to set up to play as a drivable par four, and he did yesterday, and it was brilliant. He's got a par three in number 12 that's hanging on the water that for the pros is a nine iron uh, or a pitching wedge. Uh, there's a great mix of holes. There's great ways to challenge uh, the players. The wind, again, is constant. Uh, the bunkering is very deft and devilish at times with lots of undulations. I mean, this was, as I described in my piece, this property was as flat as a flounder it was um just there was no character to the land whatsoever and and pete i think it was seven thousand more than seven thousand truckloads of sand were brought in and and pete used that to form every dune you see out there every undulation in the fairway every undulation in the green was pete's handiwork and um i think it's a brilliant golf course i think it's that that rare course and pete was good at this that really can befuddle and drive a tour professional crazy, but can also be a really pleasurable, fun experience for, um, you know, the, the retail golfer, the everyday golfer like us who wants to go out there and play this great track with visuals. You just can't, you can't stop gawking at the water. So I think it's a real masterpiece. Yes. Sean, is it, is it, a, is it, a, is it a time for the world, the rest of the world to play the U S in golf? Sure. You know, how do you, it, you know, you certainly can get that. You can think that way, right? When you see how the president's uh, cup is not that um, is not all that interesting, even though you know that is the rest of the world relative to what the Ryder Cup is. Uh, but boy, you, you just can't. The tradition of the Ryder Cup and the you know the the European added the Europeans back in um, I guess it was in '79 and and doing that really made a huge difference, I think. So I, I don't know that they can ever change that, and I think with both of them it's good. You just hope that they can find a way to to make it more compelling and more and more interesting with the President's Cup because um, I sort of like the, you know, the Europe side is really fun, and it's still, you know, preponderance of, uh, it, it seems, of people from the British Isles, uh, players from the British Isles, but it's great to see Ram and Garcia. It's great to have... Uh, the Hovland from uh, from Finland there. I, I kind of enjoy that European-U.S. Uh, thing. I'd hate to see that go away. Uh, but, you know, it, it's we'll see what happens. The President's yeah. Cup's got to get a little more competitive, though, I would, yeah. I would think. John, I, I'd hate to see the Ryder Cup go away. I mean, the, the, uh, 
the American, I mean, let, let, I mean, the Americans have the upper hand uh, this year, and, and God bless them. But they, they've added handed to them quite a few times by the Euros since uh, since Seve came into into the mix back in the '80s. So, uh, you know, I, I'm sure U.S. golf fans are hoping this isn't a one-off. But don't don't count the Euros out. They'll they'll be back. Uh, no, this, 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 the Euros have won four of the last five, and yeah, so, you yeah, know, they've so, uh, they've shown themselves. And like I said, I kind of and, and Herb Kohler. Yeah. I was out there in July and spent some time with Herb, and Herb kind of roots for the Europeans a lot yeah. of times too because he loves their spirit and the way they come. Oh, out. It, 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 it's 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 I I enjoyed you know I mean it, it when in the U.S. there's there's a rivalry that exists between the U.S. and the Euros that does not exist at the President's Cup because there you've got two cultures of golf competing against each other, and and I love the passion. I mean, you rarely see, I mean, the Euros, you know, European personalities might be a little bit different, and I may be stereotyping here, but American golfers, they don't show their passion all that. I mean, we had the great times with Tiger Woods, but they don't show their passion uh, as much as you would like them to. And when I'm watching on Friday, and I'm watching Justin Thomas, and, you know, he makes that move after he sank that putt, and, you know, it's like, give me a clap, and DeChambeau's asking the crowd to clap for them. I, I just find that amazing because you're you're pulling these golfers, some of these golfers, out of their shells, and you're seeing the passion that exists in them, and uh, and there's there's this competitive streak between the Europeans and the U.S. that I'd I'd hate to lose that by by bringing in a different element, and uh, yeah, when they uh, when they play on their own, they're a little bit more uh, you know serious, a little bit more you know on, and I would. For lack of a better term, more robotic, but they bring when watching them jump up and down and cheering for their teammates. I I just find the Ryder Cup perhaps uh, one of the most interesting team competitions in any sport. John, yeah, my colleague, you know John Hopkins, who I uh, just love his work. He's a great person as well as a brilliant writer. And he talked about you know the Ryder Cup being the best seventy-two holes in golf, and and. You know, there were, there were a couple of things that were really cool um, that I, I loved yesterday. First of all, maybe my favorite moment, I think it was yesterday, it could be Friday, but when the the guys in the crowd, the people in the crowd threw beers yeah. out at, at Daniel Berger and Justin Thomas, and they chugged beers there on the <laughs> first tee as they were walking in, yeah. I thought that was one of the great moments in Ryder Cup history, just because. You know, Justin Thomas throws his hat on backwards, gets down on one knee, and throws, chugs his beard, and throws it down on the ground. And the crowd's going nuts, and it had just the right amount of passion to it. It wasn't out of control, but it just speaks exactly what you were talking about. When do we ever see him do that? And Daniel Berger, who to me is not, you know, very, um, you know, very demonstrative sort of guy, and he, and he, you know, he chugged his beer, and that was great. I loved. Um, watching uh, Brooks uh, Kepka get a little uh, sideways with the referees on that one ruling thing, and Sergio's in there trying to help out. And I, I you know, I, I think it does. It exposes. And there's a shot of Poulter earlier when, uh, before the tournament started. The match started of him practicing his walk out onto the first tee and kind of how he went through the uh, how he went through the tunnel out there. And I don't know. And I've been there, and, and uh, I was at I was at. Uh, the Ryder Cup in Brookline in 99. I was over at Glen Eagles in 2014, and I remember sitting in those stands as people were teeing off, and the sun is barely up, and the crowd is just going nuts. 
And these guys, you know, aside maybe from Phoenix down in the in the states in the um, in the waste management, I guess it is. I forget what the tournament's called. But when they've got that that big, you know, the par three sort of stadium there, you never see anything like it. And and they're all playing to it. And they're all kind of into it. And so far, it seems to be very very much in balance too, which is really nice. And uh, yeah, I'd hate to lose it. It's it's yeah. really it's been a great weekend. I've been having a wonderful time uh-huh. with this thing. Kind of you know the background all. During the day, just watching these guys play, I love it. Oh, my my favorite part, and uh, we've got to let you go, John. We've got got a guy could talk about golf for the next three hours, but uh, we do have another guest coming on, and we've got to move on to the show. But I'll, I'll just leave it at this: I the best the best part so for me is watching yesterday, and you know you're getting these uh, I 22, 24 inch putts that they weren't conceding, yeah, uh, and then and then and then and the Euros and uh, and the U.S. players were were, were laying their putter down um, next to the hole, trying to make the statement, why aren't you conceding? It, it, it reminds me of uh, the gamesmanship that between me and my buddies on, on our Saturday morning games and, uh, you know, with our $2 Nassau's and our $3 skins, and uh, why aren't you conceding me that putt? So, uh, you know, that, and, and how about this moment? I know you got to go, but how about, you know, Harrington having all those guys pulling a practice round with their cheese hats? Their cheese hats <laughs> on, you know? I just thought that was I just cracked up. I thought it was very classy, very cool. And it's just the sort of thing you don't you don't get to see that often. And it, it really is quite a lot of fun, isn't it? it? And it brings it's sort of like how we play, like you say. It's exactly of, it. You know the matches, the gamesmanship, the back and forth, the fist bumps with your partner. The um, you know I was watching Rory helping. Uh, I mean not Rory, uh, Spieth helping. Uh, kept the lineup of putt yesterday. Wasn't that fun? I mean, it was. It, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait till next Saturday when I'm out with my usual foursome. I think my putter's. I'm going to be dropping my putter down near next to the hole quite a few times to make my point. John, unfortunately, we do have to let you go. Uh, we love having you on the show. It's always a pleasure, and I always I'll end it off with you like I did the last time. Uh, next time, there's a major uh, major championship of any kind. Uh, we hope you can join us. Always enjoy it. Thank you guys so much. Have a great Sunday. Thanks. John Steingrader. We've got to go to break, and we'll be right back with John Amendola. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville realised we all have things we should cut back on. For me half-brother, Raul, that's ordering inflatable toys. For others, it's carbs. So Pizzaville made the extra-thin crust pizza. You get the same authentic Italian taste as our regular pizza, but with two-thirds less carbs. Because the last thing Raul wants... Is an inflatable waste. Pizzaville Stone Baked Pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. Here's to every boy who thought his Bobby Orr rookie card sounded great in the spokes of his bicycle. His only served to make yours in mint condition more valuable. And now it's payday. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise wants to buy your vintage collection of hockey, baseball, basketball, football, and soccer heroes. Now's the time to cash in while the hobby reaches new heights. If you got them, we need them. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise. Visit our store online at mintink.ca. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough 
is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. You won't remember that Real Space Media was once Real Tours Media. What you'll never forget is how they helped you, the real estate agent, sell homes. Or you, the business owner, show off your four walls. Real Space Media has made a name for itself, creating virtual tours and walkthrough floor plans using 3D technology that's light years ahead. In the age of COVID, what better way to see a space safely than through the digital lens of, what were they called again? Realspacemedia.ca. Got a space to showcase? Check out Real Space. Last minute of play in the game. Unlike sports, the outcome of palliative care isn't determined in the dying seconds. Physically, socially, and spiritually, palliative care is giving someone the best quality of life for however long life remains, while supporting their loved ones. All services are free of charge with partial government funding. The need for palliative care is great. Making an impact is the newly opened Hospice Vaughn Mario and Nick Cortellucci Hospice Palliative Care Center of Excellence. A truly amazing 10-bed residence, the first palliative care hub in Vaughn. If you share the belief that everyone deserves to live until they die, get involved. Volunteer your time or donate to hospicevaughn.com. We are for community, by community, and together we are here to serve. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. Joining me as usual, my co-host, Naz Marchese, and it's Double John Sunday. We just had John Steinbrenner and we just had John Amendola. Good morning and welcome to the show, John. How are you guys this morning? We're doing great. Before uh, before we get into it, John, I just want to welcome uh, aboard as uh, we're we, Naz and I are doing. Uh, we've recorded uh, a spot for Hospice Vaughn on our show. It's uh, it's our contribution, uh, Naz and I, to the to the local community. Uh, we want to put their good work in in the public spotlight. And I know, John, that's an, an organization that you spent a considerable amount of time donating your volunteer time and in fact i believe you were president for a I significant just, I just heard time. The com- i heard the commercial right after our commercial and then you're right from 2010 to 16 i was the president of hospice bond so um kudos to you guys for making that donation because it's a it's a good place to put your uh your time and efforts i think yeah the 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 uh, contribution it makes to the local community is truly, truly amazing, and we, we Naz and I, are proud to support as uh-huh. we uh, as we supported in uh, the World That's Parkinson's awesome. program. Uh, Naz is a big, uh, big supporter of that, and hopefully we can do some more support in in various communities and give uh, give our time on this show to help help people out. John, you guys we haven't fire. talked to you in a long time. How was the summer? It was great. You tell us how oh, the market, the sports the market. card market. What's going on? Lit, it's still on fire. Lit. Okay, okay tell us what's going us. on. Now I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you five, five sales from the last. Um, I know you. I know you love this stuff, Naz. So number one is actually number six, not number one. The Wayne Gretzky trans- transacted again. Do you remember the very first time I came on your show about this time last year? We were talking, it was about a mil, 1.7, private sale, 3.75 million. Honus oh Wagner, God. I know you guys know about this card because we've been talking about this card for 50 years. The T206 just sold again, set a new all-time record. You ready, Naz? I'm ready. 
Six U.S., bro. Oh, my oh. God. Okay, who gets better? Keep going. Mickey Mantle, Keep going. Mickey Mantle Rob Gold, 5.2 U.S. Oh, God. And wow. Then two mo- and then two, actually, and then, so I gave you three vintage. Now I'm going to give yeah. you three modern. LeBron James, 2003-4 patch, 5.2 million. Jesus. Luka Doncic, two days after his birthday, his one-of-one one logo man, 4.6 million. So for your viewers, it's like the only one of its kind. Um, not like these other cards we mentioned, they made all kinds of them. Only a few have lasted the test of time. That card specifically, there is only one. And then the last one, the other day, talk about an investment. Gentlemen, uh, I think he paid about 800000 for for the Patty Mahone's um, rookie auto a couple years ago, and he just sold it for $4.3 So it's been a summer. I don't get it, John. Uh, why? I mean, I understand the, the the Honus Wagner. I sort of understand the Mickey Mantle, which the, the, it's. I think it's a fifty-two tops. Fifty-two tops. Yep, you got it. Uh, that to me has always been the holy grail of sports cards. Um, Get it? Um, you're correct. Those uh, may not may not be the most valuable. But uh, holy they, there's a PSA ten out there, Wally. There's yeah. three of them. They're putting a twenty million dollar yeah, sticker that, on it. The the mantle the mantle man, Mickey Mantle still has this uh, for us about for those of us who grew up in the fifties sixties seventies he 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 was the sports card guy when we were, when we yep. were flipping open up packs of tops baseball cards in the mid sixties I still remember the I still remember the variety store Nez do you remember that one at Finch and Milvan Yes absolutely you, I can't I can't remember the name of the guy who ran I used to we used Dominic. to walk. Dominic, Dominic, we used, I used to walk there to buy That's baseball awesome. cards in the summertime, and I used to open them. And I and I used I was looking for Mickey Mantle and Willie Mays, more Mickey Mantle, but Willie Mays. They were the two top guys, and then you throw in a couple of uh, uh, Bob Gibsons or Roberto Clemente yeah, or say, Hank Clemente Aaron. Is a really big one right now. A lot of a lot of chase for Clemente, Jackie, you know, all those greats. But, but, you guys, but Mickey like, Mickey Mantle was the guy when 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 I opened up is. and I pulled off that. That bubble gum, and there was a Mickey Mantle there. I was happy for the next month. Too bad, if not, too bad if not longer. Threw, and the old name of all Mickey that. Out. I know, I know. I pulled out Mickey Mantles from from sixty four to sixty five and sixty six. And those are still. And, all and I don't cash. have them anymore. Nah, no, but if you had no, them, Molly, no, we wouldn't be getting five million for the other one. So, <laughs> what the answer to your question is? Before we, I know we're, our time's limited. We got to definitely. We got to. Yeah. We got to hit up fantasy football, and we can talk about that correlation. But the reality is this. Wally, um, and, and you know, even since we first started this conversation a year and a half ago or, or two years ago, the, essentially an alternative asset class has been created, and you're literally talking about billions of dollars have come into the space. So, it, buying a Mickey Mantle, this 80-year-old card that you know generations have gr- grown up on, is no different today than buying a Picasso. That's the difference. At the low end, yeah, we're collectors. We go in, and, you know, it's great. You can go in Shoppers Drug Mart and buy a pack of cards for five bucks for your kid. But the reality is, at the top end, it's it's just it's art of today. I don't want to have that debate again with you this morning, John. We've had this debate an innumerable amount of times. If I stand in front of a Picasso, if I stand in front of a Da Vinci, if I stand in front of a Van Gogh, or my personal favor was Gustav Klimt, the Austrian painter. Uh, I'm, I, somebody wants to tell me a sports card's equivalent to that. 
Let's let's have that debate another yeah, time, John. Absolutely. Let's, we only got any time, man. That, that just goes to show that there is switch. Good, uh, it's no, a there is no, there's, shift, right? No, your, uh, no, we know, can't the, have that argument today. Let's I love talk it. About, I love let's it. Talk okay. about NFL football. Let's talk it. We so, let's bring I just John want to ask one question, John. John, yes, sir. The Wagner card is it yes. the same one that the McNall had? McNall it's, it's the had? same one. It's moved around. So you know, I'm looking at the top ten. The card. Um, uh, SGC three and then a PSA five sold for three point one. So like even that card in the last eighteen months has kind of doubled up. It's the same card, McNall. It's the exact same card from the nineties. The reason it is the same thing, right? This guy was an anti-smoker, and the cards were on cigarette packs. And the rarity of this card because it was stopped printed. So so that's what what takes the honus that step above Mickey. But but there's perfect condition Mickey's out there that one day when somebody's ready, they're gonna blow every record going. Wow. Let's, they value uh, it at 20 million U.S., and there's three that are known. There's buyers ready, Naz, to write a $20 million U.S. check for that card if the gentleman or lady that owns it is ready to give it up. Uh, talking about cards, and I'll use that as a segue into NFL football. Uh, uh, any Unbelievable. Surprises that the big story so far, the NFL so far, uh, seems to be Brady and Gronkowski. Wow, these guys uh, these get these are better with age. <laughs> forever young. Uh, Jeez. Uh, uh, big game today. Big play game today. 47. Yeah, isn't that incredible? Big game, big game today, Bucks and Rams. Yeah. That's Brady be Gronkowski a- have been unbelievable so far from an NFL perspective, uh, NFL fantasy football. Uh, John, I know that you're a big guy and uh, – you you go on the team. We we love it. Yeah, I, you know my buddy Jack keeps sitting Tom Brady. Like I mean, he, who sits Tom Brady in their fantasy league, right? And then he <laughs> he complains about it. Football is so lit. And then you know you, we talk about the correlation between cards and sports and fantasy. Like Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson. Then you throw in last year's crop, like um, Justin Herbert, Burrow, Tua is is unfortunately injured. But you've got. Seven, eight, nine, first and second year QBs for the maybe the first time ever in the league starting, and it's just been it's just been amazing. And um, there is a huge correlation between the two. Uh, like every time we talk, we talk about it, and as is, you know, keeps getting blown away by by the stats. But I mean, it's no different than 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 fantasy than sports. So Tom Brady goes off this week, guys. His card price keeps going up. Tom Brady. The minute his finger is broken and he can't throw a football anymore, his, his card price will. And Tom Brady has a floor because he's, you know, he's a goat, and we're, we're, we're now we're comparing Tom Brady to Van Gogh. But versus Trevor Lawrence, after a couple of soft weeks, his card market's kind of flat a bit. If he goes and wins the next three weeks, you're going to see it spike, just like a stock market. It's absolutely wild. Yes, be careful. Stock markets always crash. At well, point that's time. the first piece of advice we don't we don't give <laughs> advice, but that's generally speaking when people come in and they're saying, "Wow, you know, I remember collecting as a kid." Say, "Yeah, it's a little bit different today." And then, of course, you know, a big part of what we do is our live shows. We're live five nights a week selling cards, and a lot of that, you know, has to do with with the current events and the current sports. Like the minute the Leafs are out of the playoffs, you're maybe not selling your Leafs anymore. Your live shows, uh, just to let our listeners know where they can catch up with you, John. Five nights a week, three nights a week, we have uh, special guests and we rip product, and two nights a week we do auction sales. Actually, Thursday night, we had A.J. Galante from the Dansbury Trashers on the live. I don't know if you've seen the new Netflix yeah. stuff. 
It was Both. it was what a great guy. We had him on for about forty minutes. It was an awesome show, and we have athletes, movie stars. We have uh, rappers come on our show. So for us, it's um, you know, it's all about entertainment. It's about excitement. And and Wally, I have ten year old um, kids, and you know, seventy five year old you know men you got, coming you through the, the store every day. Too. Where do we find you? www.mintinc.ca. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, all through social media. Mint Inc. Ten, M-I-N-T-I-N-K number ten. And uh, you know, if you need to find us directly, if you want to talk cards, you can get our contact online, or you can call into the station, and these fine gentlemen will uh, will help you. And you guys are back on for for the, the segment for the quarter now. We're on, my friend. Oh, next week, let's give but, away a box of new hockey cards. We'll do. We'll, we'll chat about it this week. We're yeah, back okay. by popular. Uh, fortunately, we are not on Sportsnet. If we're on Sportsnet, we might not be here. Uh, but I'll have, I'll, well, me and Naz and I will talk about that the last there's, there's a lot of the show. There's a lot of things going on in Sportsnet right yeah, now. Yeah, there, uh, you want to stay, uh, stay on, John. We only got three minutes left. Yeah, I'm not, I, I, I'm not going anywhere. I'm, yeah, up, got, anyway, I'm up for so you this morning. Yeah, let's but, go. Well, I mean, Naz and I, I, I mean, my tongue-in-cheek, Naz and I, we're lucky we're on Zoomer Radio. We uh, Zoomer Radio actually likes having older <laughs> older personalities. Oh, you guys are saying the uh, these the networks are cleaning and cleaning. Yeah, out well, Sportsnet, guys, Sportsnet has been <laughs> cleaning house lately, and the one and I understand it. There's I know there, there, there's back. a generation, but the one that I'm not happy about this week, the one that I'm not happy about this week, uh, you know, I can tolerate. I mean, it's their prerogative as a business to do whatever they want. That's fine. I get it. Uh, but Leo Routens, Leo Routens got, I don't know if he got fired or what. I don't know. We don't know the whole story there, but he's not going to be on Sportsnet basketball anymore. Uh, but he will be on TSN and God bless TSN. But letting Leo go from Sportsnet, Mr. Basketball Canada. And you want to add to the list? Jim Eusen's gone. Uh, yeah, they guys, don't Jerry, know. McLean, McCowan, Shannon, Kiprios, Johnson, John Molinaro, Dave Rant, Bob Cole. Wally, Wally, Kiprios yeah. is coming back. Oh, he's coming back? God That's bless. That's a, a yeah, changing of the guard. I'm hearing. Who knows? Yeah, but Leo, these guys, eh? you know, getting the news on Leo, who's always been a gentleman, always been uh, a social justice warrior, um, Having getting the news, he's been a great friend of the Naz and Wally show. That one sort of hit, and I'm saying, why? What? What? What's the point? I mean, he's 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 Mister Canada Basketball, and and you know, coach of the Canadian men's basketball team for for six years. First Canadian drafted in the first round of of the NBA has devoted his life to improving basketball in Canada. There is and, no. Unfortunately, since you went there, my only feedback is it's the same premise in almost everything today. Yeah, and, I, and, and I, I don't, I don't want to get into it because there's no loyalty they, anymore. They, you know, we, you're right. You know, these are very controversial topics. I've been listening to a lot of the stuff on Twitter. I don't want to go there. Uh, there's a pattern to this. It's it's a changing of the guard. It's uh, you want we they, obviously they want to get more younger people involved and no problem with that they want to get more diverse no problem with that uh, but you know you gotta you know sometimes you gotta take a look at the at the person that you're showing the exit door and maybe it's not that person's time just yet and for Leo Routens no he's 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 the most incisive basketball commentator in the country and you know what I I think it diminishes Sportsnet. 
by letting him go the way they did. Um, that's just my personal opinion. Well, I think guys, a lot of people agree with you. Guys, unfortunately, John, thanks for joining us. We'll chat this a real week. Pleasure. We'll, we'll, yep. line, we'll line you up for next Sunday for the promo that we're going to give away. Naz, always a pleasure doing this with you. I always look forward to spending Sunday mornings with you. You guys have a great Sunday. Thanks, and, John. Uh, uh, to all our listeners, have a fantastic and safe week. And to our producer, Brandon, thanks as usual for your fantastic job and keeping us on the air and making things run smoothly. Uh, you're a real prize. Thanks so much. Have a great week, everyone. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.